You're listening to This Hong Kong Life, a podcast of stories and conversations with everyday youth across Hong Kong. Every week, we bring you episodes that reflect the unique bilingual nature of our city's culture, sharing the voices and thoughts of young people growing up and living in the city we call home. Hi everyone, I'm Sky from Kelly and today I'm here with Renee. We're really excited to hear about her story and her life growing up here in Hong Kong. So welcome to the show, Renee. Thank you so much for having me. Why don't you just tell us a bit about yourself? Sounds good. Okay, so I'm Renee. I've lived in Hong Kong for a total of eight years, nine years. I was here from when I was two to three or three years old until nine years old. Then I moved to Singapore until I was 14 and I moved back here after that and I'm currently 17 years old. I am a year 13 student at an international school here in Hong Kong so it is my last year. But my, I was born in Chicago, Illinois in the States. Both my parents are from Chicago but I consider myself to be from Hong Kong because this is all I know. That's cool. Actually, just listening to you hear how many times you've moved and you're only 17, how does it feel being somebody who's been moving around for so much? It's funny you say that I've moved a lot because I don't feel like I have moved. I have a couple of friends who have moved five times in the past six years. So the culture at my school is everyone is constantly moving. It's constantly changing. It has been interesting to move a lot. It didn't really phase me when I was younger because I was too young to kind of be upset about it. When I was nine, I thought, oh, that's going to suck. But I immediately went into fourth grade and I was having a good time. But when I moved back, I took it pretty hard because I loved my old school in Singapore. I loved all the friends I had and how I could do all my extracurriculars there. And I just felt very comfortable and coming back here was going to be a little bit difficult, but it definitely challenged me to grow up really quickly and to adjust to the situations I've been thrown into. And I've learned a lot from that. So I'm really grateful to have that experience, especially potentially moving away from Hong Kong to attend university next year. Yeah. um, You mentioned just when you moved back, you know, from Singapore, like that that transition was quite hard. How did you kind of manage through that? Like, what were some of the things that you kind of felt you were going through during that time? It was hard for me because I knew people from when I originally lived here, but I didn't know them. Six years that we were apart, they didn't know who I was, but they they recognized me. And so that was helpful in some ways that I had familiar faces, but it was difficult because it wasn't a fresh start. I was coming back into a, a place that I vaguely remember with teachers who vaguely remember teaching my sister, my older sister, um, and people who like remember my parents. So it was difficult to be in that situation. So I felt very alone through it all. Like I, I knew people, but I didn't have a lot of friends. Um, but I went to school every day, studied with my classmates, and it, it became a lot easier. And I realized about nine months into my school year, like I was still unhappy for some reason and I was really bored of being unhappy. I was like, this is not for me. I can't do this. Something needs to change. And so I thought about it and I realized that I had backed myself into a corner that I couldn't get out of without admitting that I made a mistake. So I went to my parents. I said, I'm sorry for being mad at you for the last nine months for making me move. It was the best thing you could have done. And I was so much happier after that. And Hong Kong really became my home and I've been able to become a leader in my school community. I've been able to put myself out there more. I've kind of learned what I want to do, like what I want to study and what's important to me. And that all just came with me being able to be like, okay, I made a mistake. Like I'm going to learn from that now. 
you know, it sounds like something kind of changed in yourself. You know, you allowed yourself to be vulnerable in that sense. Do you think that that's easy to come to most people, or do you think it's a process? What What are your thoughts on that? I think being vulnerable with people is the scariest thing in the world. I have always been very independent. You can ask my mom; I would refuse to hold her hand across the street because I was like, "No, I can do it myself. I can do it myself." I didn't let people help me, and I didn't know how to ask for help, and. It hurt me because of that, and so when I got here and I came back to Hong Kong and I was upset, I, I just didn't have anyone to turn to, and I needed that. And the only person I felt comfortable turning to lives halfway across the world in the U.S. A friend I met in Singapore who moved to New Jersey. We're so far away, and I needed someone who could be physically here. And at this point in my life, like two years ago, 15-year-old me, I didn't. Know how to turn my parents yet? And that took a while as well. But I, I turned to a teacher at school, and like I felt comfortable opening up. I just had to kind of take the leap of faith and talk to him and be like, "Look, I'm struggling. I don't know what to do. Can you help me?" And luckily, it was the best thing that I could have done because I've now developed like close relationships with a lot of my teachers, and I'm able to be open with them and be honest with them. They're able to be honest with me. And having that like real feedback and a real relationship with someone who's not my age has been really comforting. That if I do have a problem that I don't want to go to with someone my age, I have like an older person that I can trust and talk to, and who's there for me. And now in my life, I'm comfortable. Like my parents and I are really, really close, so I can talk to them and I can go to them with anything as well. So it's just about learning how to be vulnerable, understanding that you might get hurt, and I knew I might get hurt, but I was at the point where I was. Given a choice, like either I'm going to be upset and alone and feel awful, or I could be potentially hurt. And I just kind of thought, okay, let's just do it. Let's just talk to someone, be open, and it completely changed my outlook on everything. Thanks for being really honest about that. I think it's it's quite difficult for a lot of people sometimes to think through that decision of you know being really vulnerable with somebody, and it's it's a hard leap of faith, as you said. You know, you mentioned that there was a teacher in particular that really helped you through that. What do you think actually were some of the key things that he did? You know, that allowed you to feel comfortable that the way that you did. So he really understands people very very well. And that's part of the subject that he teaches at school, but it's also part of doing a lot of service in Hong Kong. He's really familiar with interacting with people, and he made me feel like he was actually listening, and he actually cared. He didn't know me for very long, maybe six months, and he <laughs> cared, and that that alone stood out to me because I was so confused that someone I had barely met had already was just. On my side and in my corner, and he's always been a person that he's not trying to solve your problems. He's helping you like not deal with them, but like understand what's happening. What can you do about it? And it wasn't as if he was saying, "Okay, now get over it." He said, "Okay, let's work through it. Let's let's talk about it. What what are you feeling? What can you do about it?" And that question of what can you do about it is kind of how I live my life now. Like there have been relationships that I have where I'm dealing with my friends who have, don't have a good family situation. But I want to be there for them and support them, even though it might hurt me or they're pushing me away. But what are they going to do about it? What can I do about that to still support them and be in their lives? 
it's that type of mindset is how can you change things if you're hurting how do you change things if you're in a situation you don't like how do you get out of it and instead of feeling stuck and that's something that i just kind of live by now that's cool i guess it sounds also like you know when a lot of people are trying to give tips to young people these days oh if you're struggling with somebody you know talk to this counselor talk to your pastoral care staff you know it sounds like it doesn't always just have to be a counselor that you can talk to is what you're saying is that is that true yeah I feel like when a lot of older people are trying to give you advice, it, it often comes off as quite condescending, which is not where their intent is. The intent is always to help you. But I find that I don't like to be told what I should be doing. I just want to try and understand what's happening. If I'm struggling with any emotions, I want to understand why this is happening, what's going on, what I can do about it, but not be told this is your one choice. This is the only thing you can do about it. And so that's what this teacher helped me understand and how he addressed every situation that I came to him with is he said okay let's let's understand it what's going on really that's really cool so shout out to this teacher Renee's teacher who's so awesome it sounds like he's been a fantastic role model in your life and that's really cool I think every one of us needs somebody like this teacher of yours you know as I was listening to you and you've always been in international school is that correct in Hong Kong yes I've always attended international schools yeah, so I started at the same international school that I am at now, and then I was at a very similar international school in Singapore. So being someone who goes to international school, actually there's a lot of things that people think about international school students, that you guys have no problems, that you're all good. And it doesn't really sound that way, is it? I'm very, very lucky. I recognize that how privileged I've been throughout my life, and some part of me feels guilty about that because I know that I'm living in a community where not everyone is like that. And especially my case, is, it's not unique. There's so many people that I'm friends with who are born and raised from Hong Kong, identify as from Hong Kong, like myself. And, but they are American by passport, British by passport. Like we, we don't have a lot of the struggles academically and for school because we are in such a like, guided community. It's a lot. For me, it's been strongly like a cultural conflict that I've been feeling internally. Is I am a... I look Western. My passport is Western, like American. I, my family is from there, but I don't feel that. I feel strongly Hong Kong. Like I'm from Hong Kong. I know Asian culture. That's what I grew up on. It's what I've disciplined myself to. And especially with everything happening this year, I've felt more like more strongly about where I'm from and where I am. So speaking about what's happening this year, I mean, what is coronavirus or COVID-19 or pandemic, whatever they're calling it these days, what has it got you thinking about? It's the online school thing is okay. Um, <laughs> it's a struggle, but we're all, everyone in my classes, we're just trying to do it together. The thing that's angered me most about it or frustrated me most about it is not the fact that, you know, this year has been canceled and that's obviously upsetting, but it's not the end of the world. There are worse things. Um, but it's a lot of the, the racism towards Asian people that have that's come out. And then I because I identify so strongly as Hong Kong, like from Hong Kong, I know that when I walk around, I don't I won't get in. Like if I'm going to the States, I won't get that same reaction, even though I'm doing the exact same things. I'm wearing a mask and using hand sanitizer. I'm very, very conscious of everything because that's what everyone is doing in Hong Kong as soon as I go to the States I'm seen as oh she's American she's not from Hong Kong but my one of my sister's friends goes like attends university is from Singapore attends university in the States and has 
like people have yelled racist slurs at her because she was wearing a mask and using hand sanitizer. All the things that we consider to be normal have been targeted in the States. And it's so upsetting for me because I want to stand up for that. And I do. I haven't been in the States since it's happened. Obviously, I haven't been traveling. But when I go there, I want to stand up for that. But I am almost afraid that I'm not going to be taken seriously because of what I look like and people don't see like oh she's from Hong Kong when people look at me it's oh she's American you know I want to do more about that and so that's been really difficult for me is seeing all these things online about people who are peers of mine and people from the same community as me like potentially like my neighbors and stuff that they are facing all these challenges and it, the, treat, just the treatment is not okay at all and that's what's been I've been struggling with a lot is how do I help what do I do about that there's, I feel like there's only so much I can do but that's always never really going to be enough you know yeah it's very interesting I mean I think a lot of people here in Hong Kong have been very cautious whereas the rest of the world hasn't I mean what are your thoughts about you know being a young person and how this uh, this time is going to affect someone your age uh, you said that you were in your last year of high school right so h- how do you think it's going to affect you guys I think it's definitely it was a shock to all of us we Hong Kong has had a really rough school year already like I can only really speak for my community but I think everyone in my school was ready to get back to the normalcy of our daily routine but I know if you're talking like explicitly within in terms of our like academic features I know that tests can't be taken GCSEs are probably going to be affected IB students are just allowed to go back to school but only year 13 IB students so you have all the younger kids who are struggling a lot with how they're going to take the test that determine their universities I've applied to some universities in Hong Kong I'm in the AP system and if I get an offer it's most likely going to be conditional and I need my AP scores to send to schools but now that the coronavirus is affecting the US I don't know how a college board is going to handle all of this I know friends who have conditional offers to universities in the UK like we we don't know what's going to happen especially now that if they've given so many people conditional offers there's some people who under normal circumstances wouldn't meet the scores conditions of their offer and then that would kind of weed out who would get accepted but now that we're all in the same situation and those exams might not happen or they'll be pushed back what's going to happen come August September when we're supposed to be going to school like next couple of weeks my university results are coming out and I'm going to find out where I'm going Um, wow that's so soon you know I think my first one comes out on Sunday (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) very nervous but it's so much on the like forefront of my mind is I don't know what's going to happen and we all don't know what's going to happen and it's especially with all the year 13 students is we're all struggling we we need something we need answers and we'll go to our teachers and our administrators and they don't have answers because who does no one has answers yeah you're right i don't think anybody really has answers during this time and i think that that's probably the question mark that everybody's thinking about right so in this time you know other than feeling really stressed and anxious and waiting for your results you know have you been able to find ways to kind of cope with all of this yes my dad does a lot of He's very active, so he's played basketball his entire life. And what he's been doing recently in the last couple of years is he's decided to become a personal trainer and a nutritionist. So I've been, I love exercising. I've been a competitive swimmer for 12, 13 years. And now that our season has kind of been canceled, like luckily we got like HKAs or like the Dip One meets. We got to go to those and compete with all the local schools. But now that that's kind of over, my dad is just like let's go to the gym let's go work out I'm like all right i have nothing else to do i've been studying um seeing friends a little bit but other than that it's like spending time at home i learned how to make a skirt 
I'm sorry. Did you say a skirt? Yes. Like as in a piece of clothing? <laughs> yes.、Yeah, so I went to my mom and I said, "Hi, I'm bored. Can I make a skirt?" And she goes, "What?" <laughs> so I went to、um, Liyuan Street West in Central, and they had a fabric store that I bought. Fabric and I made a skirt. <laughs> so tell me about the skirt. <laughs> It's pretty much a rectangle with some straps. But I, I've just been getting to do things I didn't really have time for before, like doing things for myself. So I've been able to read more. I've been exploring passions that I didn't know I had, like clothes making.、So、have you made anything else other than the skirt? Yeah, I made a matching shirt and it didn't go well. <laughs> A skirt was very easy because it's just a rectangle. But I made one for my friend.、Um, I'm gonna make one for my sister, and I think that may, might be the end of this, the <laughs> the clothing making. I think my mom is getting really tired of me asking her to teach me how to use her sewing machine. <laughs> I think it's a great skill. You never know. One day you might need to, you know, make clothes for a living, and we might get back into that era. You never know. I'll have the skill. <laughs> I'll learn how to do it.、I、Actually, think speaking of making making skirts,、uh, my mom made my school uniforms throughout my entire school life. Every year, she would make my school uniform, and we would somehow have a different design. I'm not really quite sure why we needed to do that. Maybe I was just picky, but she made all my school uniforms. So you never know. Maybe one day you'll be using the skill for that. I have so much respect for that. I can't make a shirt. It's so difficult. Somehow the proportions are all wrong. I put the shirt I made on, and it ripped. <laughs> so it's way too small. But I have the time to learn about those things now, and I have the time to explore that. I get to do more service that I'm excited about. I get to do things that I'm passionate about, and maybe add a little bit of an expense of my schoolwork, but. I think that's cool, though, that you've learned. You know, you've taken this time to learn new things and picked up new hobbies. You know, you said that you were reading. What's、uh, what's one interesting book that you've been reading that you would like to share with us? I'm in the middle of two books right now. So the first one I'm reading is Catch Twenty Two because it is a classic, and one of my friends has been telling me to read it for years, and I finally got around to it. And the other one I'm reading is called. It's a moral philosophy book called What Do We Owe Each Other. And、I'm sorry. Ed, a moral philosophy book.、Uh, how did you get inspired to read that? So I was watching a TV show called The Good Place on Netflix, <laughs> and they, one of the characters, is a moral philosophy professor, and he posed the question, "What do we owe each other?" And I watched that episode with my family, and I was thinking, "Hmm, okay, that's cool." I went to bed thinking I would forget about it, and the next morning I was thinking, "What do we owe each other?" So I found the book that he was talking about, and I've started reading it, and. So what do we owe each other, Renee? I have absolutely no idea. I'm maybe thirty pages in. It's a difficult read, but it's it's something that like I'll read on the beach because I can. I'll go there and just be in my own world, kind of doing my own thing and learning about something that connects me to other people. That's kind of what I've been focused on recently. It's just other people. That's really cool. Well, hopefully through this podcast, you know somebody else out there will connect with your story, with what you've been reading,、um, and some of the hobbies that you've been picking up, and maybe be inspired to do some of that. So、um, we've been sitting here at a coffee shop, so we've been hearing a lot of、uh, coffee making sounds.、Uh, there's real nice chill music in the background, and the, I don't know if some of you might hear kind of like the flipping of a newspaper that's being、uh, moved around. But anyway, despite all of this, we've had a really great conversation, and it's been really relaxing. And it's really been really nice to talk to you as well. Before we wrap up, is there anything that you'd like to share? Maybe a, a top tip, you know, to share with anybody who's listening, particularly during this time,、um, and what you've been thinking about the COVID nineteen or coronavirus? Yeah, 
I guess the main thing that I've been thinking about is just that we're all going through the same thing. Every student, we're all struggling with online school. We're all just trying to get through it and get back to seeing our classmates and teachers every day. But I struggled a lot with taking time for myself, and I've finally done that, and it's been great. I've been sleeping a lot more, which is fantastic. So I think that my suggestion to everyone is just, it's whatever's going to happen is going to happen. We can't really control that, but you can control what's happening with you and yourself so make sure that you're taken care of because the only way if you're worried about studies the only way you're gonna be successful in your studies is if you're functioning enough to actually study and to revise so the only way you can support other people is if you are solid in where you are so thinking about that just take care of yourself i guess that's my only advice (laughs) for now Cool. Thank you so much, Renee. It's been great having you. And if you've enjoyed listening, uh, please tune in and we will have more episodes coming out next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This Hong Kong Life is an initiative of Kelly Support Group. We are a youth organization empowering young people to reach their full potential in Hong Kong. If you like the show, please subscribe and get new episodes every week. We would love to hear from you. Nominate yourself or a friend to share next or drop us a note at h-k-l-i-f-e at k-e-l-y dot o-r-g that's hongkonglife at kelly.org see you next time